In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome back. I pray that you had a good Christmas and a little time away and enjoyed that and came back refreshed and are ready now to begin the new semester with all that that brings. It's good to have you back. And it's a joy for me and a privilege to be with you as we today observe the celebration of Epiphany. January 6th, the visit of the wise men to the Christ child. While our nativity stories oftentimes over Christmas acted out by children or living nativities oftentimes have the wise men showing up at the manger, we know from Matthew that the wise men come later sometime after the manger, sometime after the stable, for we're told that when the wise men get there, Jesus and his parents are in a house. I'd like to just highlight this morning three points that we can make from the story in Matthew chapter 2 about the visit of the wise men and Matthew's account of how he shares that with us. First thing that Matthew reminds us in his text is that the coming of Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy. That the coming of Jesus is not something that just happens, but rather it is the result of Old Testament prophets who over and over again have talked about the coming of the Messiah. We heard in our Christmas worship oftentimes readings from Isaiah, the prophet who spoke about the coming of one. Behold, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call his name Emmanuel and all of those other prophet, prophetic words. But Matthew tells us in, in his text that the birth of Jesus takes place in Bethlehem because prophets had told us that was going to happen. And he quotes from the prophet Micah in Micah chapter 5. And as he shares there in Micah chapter 5. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from the ancient days. The prophet Micah, speaking approximately 700 years before the birth of Christ, had told that this was going to happen in Bethlehem. And it's in the context of the prophet Micah when he speaks to the people of God who have really gone amok. He speaks to the people of God who have really gone and their own way, and we have the tremendous persecution of the rich to the poor, and prophet Micah says, the day's going to come when God's going to wreak vengeance on you. And you're going to suffer for the way you have been treating one another. But then he puts in there the word of hope. But at the end of the vengeance, God will bring a deliverer. And that deliverer will come out of Bethlehem. And so when the wise men show up at Herod's place and they want to know where this is all taking place, Herod, of course, is totally ignorant to all of it. But he seeks his wise men and his religious leaders and they go back to the prophet. And they go back to the, old, to the Old Testament, and there they find the words. It's supposed to be in Bethlehem. What's well, just down the road a little ways? So Herod sends them off to find the Jesus in Bethlehem with that invitation. Please, when you find him, I want to come too. So let me know where he is. 
where he's staying. Second thing that Matthew tells us about the coming of the Christ child is that Jesus comes for all nations. That Jesus comes for everyone, not just a select few. In Luke's account of Christmas, we have the shepherds who come, and and the whole story in Luke is really sort of gathered around that little community of Bethlehem, and it's really kind of gathered around the Jewish people, and even towards the end when they bring Jesus into the temple for the blessing at the end of 40 days, it's really focusing around the Jewish community and the Jewish people, for he is, after all, a descendant of David. And when Matthew tells us the story, he begins the Gospel of Matthew by giving us the genealogy of Jesus. And he takes us and gives us the genealogy of Jesus beginning with Abraham, which really makes him a Jew of Jews, for is he descendant of Abraham. But notice in Matthew's account of the Christmas that it's Gentiles who comes to see Jesus. It's Gentiles who are invited by the star to come. And it's those wise men from the east who come to bring their gifts. And we see the gift of Jesus being poured out and offered not only to a small group of people known as descendants of Abraham, but to Gentiles. And then Matthew, just to put his stamp on that message, concludes his gospel. At the very end of Matthew, Matthew 28, the last words of Jesus, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Bam, Matthew closes his gospel by emphasizing again that Jesus comes for all people. And our task of making sure that all people know who he is. The third thing that we learn from Matthew's gospel today is that the coming of Christ meets with resistance. Not everybody was glad to have Jesus on the scene. First of all, there was Herod. And Herod was very upset when the wise men didn't come back and tell him where this Jesus was because Herod was extremely jealous of anybody who might be called the king of Israel or the king of the Jews. After all, Herod had already killed some of his own sons to keep them from taking over his power and his authority. So we read there at the end of of the story that the, the wise men warned in a dream not to return to Herod. They depart another way. And when they departed... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to to Mary and Joseph and said, Rise, get out of here. Danger's coming. And then a little later on, Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem in all that region who were two years old or under. Based upon when the star had appeared, he calculated the child could be as old as two. So just to be sure... We have the slaughter of the innocents documented for us in history, the tremendous slaughter of the innocents that took place because Herod was going to get this king any way he could. The coming of Jesus meets with resistance from the very beginning. And the coming of Jesus continues to meet with resistance. 
Not everybody is welcoming of the Christ child. Not everybody is welcoming of the tremendous love of God poured out for us in Jesus Christ. Not everybody is pleased that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him, at least they don't believe in it. They don't trust it. And so it is for us that we become the epiphany star. It is for us that we become the ones who know Jesus and who cherish Jesus and who have celebrated the love of Jesus at Christmas time to carry that message wherever we are, whether it's on campus, at work, wherever God leads us from day to day to share the tremendous joy that there is in the Christ. You know, I love to decorate for Christmas. I just really enjoy it. And in our home, the day after Thanksgiving, we get everything down from the attic, and my wife decorates inside, and I start decorating outside. And I just love trying to find new ways to decorate the outside. And in the center of our home display outside, we have a lighted nativity that sits there just very prominent for all to see with all the other lights that I put up. So this year we added to it. This year we added a a four-foot or five-foot praying angel, lighted angel. And then we added, my wife has been wanting to put out for years, a lighted praying Santa. (laughs) She finally found it, big enough to put outside, a Santa kneeling at the manger holding the Christ child. And I was really kind of relieved that I took it all down yesterday because the Santa Anas today would have destroyed it. (laughs) But the thing about it is I always have a little depression on this weekend. When I finally, and, and we in our home are very, very much observing the 12 days of Christmas as the church observes the 12 days of Christmas, that Christmas ends at Epiphany. But you know, when we went up for our walk on the 26th and the 27th of December in our neighborhood, it was amazing how many Christmas trees were already lying in the gutter and how many Christmas lights were already gone. But I, this weekend, went through my depression of going out and taking down the Christmas lights and putting them back in the boxes for the next year and putting them back up in the attic. As we put away the Christmas as we put away our Christmas decorations, as we put away our Christmas events, as we put away our Christmas activities, and we go back to school today, we go back to those things that, that we have looking forward to us, be very careful. Be very careful that when you put Christmas away, you don't put the child away. Be very careful that when you put Christmas away, you don't put Jesus away. Because it's so easy with all of the pressure of getting back to school. It's so easy for me in all the pressures getting back to my routine to sort of put Jesus away. But may the Lord give us each the opportunity to remember to keep the child there in front of us. To keep Jesus very much alive and real in our lives. And may he give us the opportunity to share that Jesus with those who don't know him. And may God bless you through this coming semester with the joy of the Christ. Amen.